When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well met, fellow adventurers. We have just arrived in the village of Hawklaw, and thus are beginning my my career, which is me being Zoop. Career as an adventurer. So, you're in Hawklaw, a small settlement nestled, nestled against the eastern flank of the Hart Hills and southwest Tricer. The citizens of Hawklaw, mostly farmers and cooklaw, who have long endured prosperity, brought out fruitful commerce with cities like Trithic, Tannis and Mixville. Oddly enough, an unmistakable mood of gloom hangs over the thriving village. People of Hawklaw seem anxious, even frightened, about something. You learn that few of the sediments, sediments residents were really willing, remain willing to venture past the boundaries of the village. Huh? There's problems around here. They're looking for a hero. And they might just have found one. Wouldn't that be nice? Alright, I'm going to start. There's a whole list of things, places to visit. And I'm just going to systematically go down them. Visit the shop of Isrin the Outfitter. Isrin's shop is, a, is small and cluttered with all manner of gear that an adventurer, or a prospective adventurer, I am both, might find useful. Wooden shelves line the walls of this room, above which protrude the heads of several goblins, a pair of ogres, and a forest troll. Grim trophies from Newton's younger, more adventuresome days. Well, well, today is certainly lucky one of me, says Isrim, who walks out of a small room at the back of the shop. What did you say your name was? Zoop, is it? Well, Zoop, I've just got just the thing for you. Follow me and I'll show it to you. You follow the one-eyed is swim to the back of the shop and step into a small room, even more cluttered than the main shop floor. Isn't apologise for the mess strewn from wall to wall? A busy seems to have coming up several things in different piles okay, throughout the room. Just give me a minute. I hadn't expected anyone quite this early. After several minutes, Isrin returns to the doorway where, where you've decided to stay put, I present you with a large collection of gear he's collected, gathered out of the clutter that chokes the small room. There, have at it. For what any of it's worth, he says, depositing the lot on the floor at the feet. I've lost my hands of all this, and I'm closing up shop at today's end. There aren't any more weird adventures in this part. Yourself quite excluded, of course. And my few remaining years will be better spent in my cottage down in Durstick. The missus is already there, mind you. 
and won't come back here. And she's quite right. I'm too old for this game there. Have it all! Instagram tells you that wherever you take wherever you like from the park, you saw the equipment lie, lie at your feet and t- for anything that might be useful. Now, yeah, there's a rule when you get, a, get an equipment job. Pretty much pick up all the armour and any weaponry it's sturdy or above. Because even if it even if the likely circumstance it's not better than what you already have, you can always just sell it. Sell it for gold, which you can use to buy things better than what you already have. Or just put it in your big pile of gold that's just nice to have. Yeah, so so I've got Breastplate, greaves, home, glove, boots, belt, and sleeves. Put in the better breastplate. Put on the gloves. Put on the belt. Right, that gets me up to 45 SP now. That's, that'll do for now. No, there's there's a lot of weapons, but they're all common, and all common weapons are as good as each other, and as and not worth picking up unless you've got absolutely nothing else. And even then, your on on combat may well be stronger. I can only wish you luck, says Israel, after you thank him for his generosity preparing, and uh, are preparing to set one away. The life of an adventurer is not to be envied. Not these days. It's not like the days gone by, but it was a thing of glory to return to your home with three goblin heads strapped to your back. Folks these days are content to sit by the fire, sipping bailo. Guessing it takes fierce steel and hardened hands to hold back the tide of the wilds. I wish you well, my friend. You thank your husband again, and wish him luck in doing sting before turning and make your way, making your way out of the shop. Okay, that's your that's that's your first loot, loot drop you get. There's quite a few more. There's like many other games like this, where you go. Where you have to quest for ages. Lots of little kill fight, kill ten rats. Deal with these level one brigands. Do fifty fetch quests and t- before you, before you've even got pants. Note this: they just say, "Oh, you're an adventurer. Yeah, here you go. Here's some, here's some gear that's that's as good as normal people have. It's not, of course, not the." Not super high clean magical gear, because that stuff's where. Uh, it's not the it's not the sort of stuff Master Craftsman can make, because this is a tiny village. He doesn't have any Master Craftsman. Uh, here's a shop. And uh, nothing 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 really interesting in the shop. Goes to the Smithy. Now most as, as this is a small village with no particularly 
out of Norway, which doesn't, you know, have a huge demand for high quality quality equipment and hasn't got the and it doesn't have the training and resources and the metals and all the other stuff you need to get that stuff. It's just normal equipment, barely better than But there is one thing that's good and that's the small shield. I see you equip that, and my melee racing is equipped with is by one, which is rather, which is quite nice. Right now, Stoneback Tavern. The Stoneback Tavern has the likeness of a large and particularly ugly Stoneback Stoneback Spider emblazoned on the front set of its double doors. The tavern is quite large inside and rather well kept. A large hand painted sign adorns the wall just inside the front doors. Frisia side of Hawkloy has prized a large number of people hanging about inside the tavern. The tavern keeper, a robust, jovial fellow named Pitmore, comes over and welcomes you. Tells you should you should you need anything, just let him know. Engage I'm gonna in conversation. Pitfall laps heartily while I inform you the many comings and goings. It shows that the many his yak, uh, his cousin, local huntsman named Bronwyn, claimed to see him a young just, just dragon wandering around in the forest rest of the town. Of course he might have been stiff on his wing. I mean, can you imagine it? A dust dragon? Don't put much faith in any of it. Gotta read this sign. You carefully read the hand-painted sign just inside the front doors. Feeling brave and hardy? Have a taste for finer brew. Let old, let old Piffor sew up a mug of, mug of Abatong for you. No, wait, on, squash, 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 for you. Anyone stout enough to drive an entire flagon of my special tomb and retain their wits will win a prize. Come see Piffor if you're up to it. Ah, uh, drinking contest? Oh, okay, yeah, good. People's face lights up when you tell them you're prepared to accept the challenge of downing a mug of his special hammer tong brew. Mug, did you say? He says, seeing me distressed by the word. Ooh. Yes, well, you see, actually, it's a flagon. A rather large flagon, as you will. Like this one. The tavern taker draws out a very sizable flagon and holds it proudly in front of him for you to examine. This would be a large flagon for a normal brew. So why, if you'd rather back down? I, I would understand. That's what the prize. People won't reveal to you what the prize is. This is something worthy of a person able to complete the talent challenge that no one else has, except the challenge. Before smile broadens, do you think it's about to spread off his face? The tavern keeper puts the flag down the flag and warms his hands together. Feverishly. Then, without warning, he raises his fist that heartily and shouts with almost feverish glee, getting the attention of everyone in the common room. Let's see what Zoop the Brave is truly made of, he grins. Every head in, in, in the place turns to face you. Before you can react, you're mobbed by no less than every one of the two dozen tavern patrons, each one of them slapping you on the back, cheering you on and making quite a racket. Piffle clears the crowd and proceeds to lead you over to one of the tavern's 
tables on the tavern floor. Once you're seated, he disappears through a door on the far wall and a few moments returns, holding a frothing flagon proudly in front of him. He sets the flagon down in front of you and stands back with his arms crossed as his other tavern patrons gather around the table. Clifford lays out the walls of the contest for all to hear. You ought to swallow every drop of Amaton, including the foam, he says sternly. If you manage to make it through that, you just stand up from the table, climb onto your chair, yeah, and hold and hold and hold that spot for one minute. This brew is strong and works very quickly. Whenever you're ready, Zoop, and good luck, you'll certainly need it. Every eye in the stone back tavern is fixed on you. With a slight bit of trepidation, you grasp the flagon's handle and bring its foaming contents to your mouth. Your lips are just about to touch the foam when a shout from the crowd startles you. Don't drink it, Zoop! shrieks a voice. It's poison! He's trying to kill you! At once, every head in the tavern turns to face the source of the voice. A small, frail, elderly man swings back sheepishly under the glares of the annoyed patrons. Before frowns and makes hastily towards towards the old man. Go on, cast off out of here, Hildebrand, he shouts before people can reach the old man. He stumbled out of the tavern on the street. Don't pay him no mind, Zoop, says people apologetically. He's a real nuisance, that one. It ain't the drink, mind you. It's his head. He's as bad as they come. Most of the others in the crowd nod in agreement. So, it remains your decision. I'm going to continue with the contest, because otherwise I'd look a coward. And I know that. And I cannot afford to lose face at this point. I haven't even done one real adventure yet. The moment, moment the first of the thick creamy air reaches your mouth, you realise you're in for it. It may not be poisoned. But without doubt, the strongest brew you've ever had the displeasure of tasting. Ignoring the taste, you begin to take large gulp, large gulps of the pot of the pot, the potent drink. You got a check. You got a bonus of twenty nine, twenty from body, and nine from spirit. Got to get fifty. Success. One hundred and twenty. With only a slight degree of difficulty, manage to down. The entire contents of the flagon, including the foam. Then you slam the chat flagon down on the table, and as instructed, take up a standing position on top of the chair. The contest is not officially over until one minute has passed, but the moment you step onto the chair, the entire tavern erupts into shears. Piffalo is smiling along with the rest of them, but you sense he's not nearly as happy as the others. Finally, Piffalo pulls you down from the chair and slaps you on the back. Well done, Zoop, he bellows. Let's have a cheer for our swill master. The patrons erupt once more, the chorus of voices reaching up to an almost deafening level. Before swies out the crow room and into the back of the tavern. He returns moments later with your prize. Before as you to do with a large task of his famous, although now likes to be slightly less than infamous, Hamilton Brew. Take the flask of Hamatong. Um, yes, yes, maybe it will come in handy. This large flask is filled with Hamatong brew. It's got an encumbrance of four. Okay, I'm going to have to find somewhere to put that. Vipal pulls your side away from the other patient and speaks to you in a low tone. 
Chosen his cousin, a local husband by the name of Brathor, Brumor, lives in the outskirts of the village in a small cabin. And he has the second bar here price. He tells you that he just didn't want to say anything about the other folk due to the valuable nature of the second part of the prize. To get to his cousin's cabin, he tells you to leave the village, cross the bridge to the west, and take a white white to the fork and work. He also congratulates you one more time. Every now, every, now, every time you enter the tavern, someone always refers to you as the Hamatong champion. Results in a round of cheers and salutes from those gathered around the common room. Alright, now move around the common room and mingle. There's a rather sizable crowd in Stoneback Tavern, and you elbow your way past several tables until you happen upon a rugged looking group of four men. One of the men takes a loud off cover remark about you to his companions, and all four men share a good laugh at your expense. A few other tavern patrons have overheard the comment and are staggering quietly. When when you respond with a rather witty retort, the table goes quiet, and the man who made the original comment glares at you. His face turning a brilliant spectre of crimson. You best apologise for that, he says. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to apologise. It's turned about as fair play. The man's face grows even redder and his entire body begins to shake. He rises from the table, his hand gripping the hilt of a long sword strapped to his side. You assume a defensive stance, ready for any possible attack he might launch. You'd wish you'd swallowed your pride, stranger, he grumbles. Suddenly, Prip for all the tavern keeper watches over and put himself between you and the man. I'll have none of this in here, he says. You're both, you're both best mind yourself. I'll have the militia round you up. The man grumbles something and signals for the other three men at the table to stand up. All three wise to his side, their hands resting. John Hilders. Yeah, Call on any of this, strength. Anyone you like. I'll have this stranger's blood before I'm insulted like that again. Without hesitation, he draws his weapon and attack. To his dismay, his three cohorts follow suit. Locked in combat with four tavern roughnecks. Four men have been completely surrounded, so fleeing is not an option. Now, I'm just going to subdue these, because I don't want to leave... I don't want to leave corpses in this love in this really nice tavern. It'd quite ruin the mood. I don't want to ruin people's drinks. Well, I want to ruin I want to ruin four people's drinks, but I don't want to ruin anyone else's drinks. So subdue. I stab. They slash. I have subdued my foes and two XP to general. The last man topples over. He's been knocked utterly sentenced by your savage, well-placed boat. But like his cohorts, he would eventually recover. The tavern sinks in sub-silence. You discover the following. weapons: four, four weapons that aren't worth picking up. Eleven gold. The front doors of the tavern burst open and several members of the local militia ride in. Their weapons drawn and their gaze, is, gaze firmly fixed on you. Before immediately explain the situation to you and accept his word, although it appears to guide you with a bit of caution. Pippo thanks you for saving his skin. 
He seems to have forgotten that men were only interested in harming you. Then he bustles off to calm the jangled murders of his patrons with free A. The mission men do the work of dragging the census forms of the dragging out the census forms of warfare, and they kindly ask you to let them handle all manners of this nature in, in the future, if possible. Nice job at that. This could have been nothing but trouble, you know. Maybe they've finally been taught a lesson they can understand, says one of the militiamen. Takes a little while, but after a couple of rounds of free drinks, people are formally drawn to the line, a two-per-customer. The tavern mob seems to have come back to life somewhat. And no- nothing more happens if you explore it. Alright, I've got, I got a bit wounded, so I'm going to west. Hill's Fleet Inn. Hill's Fleet Inn is all but deserted. Its keeper, a slender, one-eyed woman named Gender, smiles you are to go about their daily chores. The two men sit at a table in the inn's corner room, going over a map. One of the maids rather well towned and dressed in exotic stilts. The seems left with wise, and by his looks appears to be quite a rugged individual. Approach the two men. You approach the two men seated at the table and engage them in conversation. The large man introduces himself as Tenwind, and the number now sitting next to him as Nenda. The larger man explains that he's a merchant looking to move a wagon load of cloth to the city of Trithic in the north. He tells you that the road north Trithic has become a dangerous place of late. He's seeking to hire a couple of guards for this for the journey. We've already got Nendo here, he says. With the trouble there's been lately about the roads, I could use another. You look like you would be good at pins. Tell you what, I can pay you 20 gold tokens when you arrive in Trithic. You sign on for the trip. What do you say? Accept the offer. Sure. Tempo jumps off the table in glee when you accept the offer, and he and Endo sit about preparing the wagon for the journey. We'll leave immediately, says Jaringer, as he loads some provisions into the back of the car and wagon. That way we can be terrific in three days' time, or less. Within the hour, you've begun the journey north out of Hawklaw, seated at the front of the wagon with Chadwin, who's driving, and Endo, who seems ever watchful of anything and everything. As you travel, you learn that Nendo met up with Trackwood in the city of Greydock several months back and has been in his employment as a guard ever since. The first two days days of the journey go smoothly, but as dawn on the third day you tra- of travel, you are confronted with the first real danger of the trek. Dragon slows to a halt as five men armed with axes and wooden clubs step out of the road, step out into the road to block the way. Tuid whispers to you that the wagon is much too late to even consider out one human on the road. Give us the wagon and we'll spare your lives, says the bold leader of the five men. When Tuid refuses the man, the five men surge forward and attack. Your ability is hired with muscle, it's being put to its first test. Nendo draws his long sword and leaps, leaps to intercept the men before they reach the wagon. Tailwind towers on the duckboard. Defend the dragon. Defend the wagon and leap into battle with Tendo. All flee from the scene and return to Hawklaw. Well, look, I can't. I've got to get revenge on bandits in general. So, 
I'm going to fight these bandits instead. It's it's up it's you and it's you and Nendo mops in Mortal Kombat with five bandits. Good luck, Zoop. Begin combat. Okay, yeah, I do eight damage, twenty-four damage, and they're gone. Ha! I knew I picked the white person for the job. Explained Terry. You, you and Nendo pick over the dead bandits. Cover some items which may be of use. You may take any of the following items. Axe and two wooden clubs. Both common, not worth picking up. Six gold. You hope Nendo clear the bodies off the road before continuing the journey north. The rest of the journey to Ithic passes without incident. Upon reaching Ithic, Tarot pays you what is agreed on and then purchases you a cloaked ticket back to Hawklaw. You accept your 20 gold tokens. After which you board the coach bound for Hawklaw and several other points south. Well, at least we shouldn't have any more trouble with bandits. Well, at least you shouldn't have any more trouble with bandits. Lest there's more that are uh, lurking, lurking about that sanguinated part. Anyway, you can handle them, though, I'm sure, Zoop. When the coach arrives in Hawklaw two days later, you disembark. Alright, next. Village Council Buildings. Village Council Building doubles as the headquarters of Hawklaw's small, well-trained militia. The structure consists of a single large room furnished with a rickety wooden table, round which are gathered a dozen a dozen chairs, each, each in a comparable state of disrepair. There's no sign of anyone in or around the building. Stables. Flies buzz around your head in Hawklaw, in Hawklaw stables. Many of the stores are empty, perhaps because the workhorses are busy in the fields outside the village. A young boy with a tandem mop of hair is busy cleaning out the stalls. I'll speak with the boy. The boy tells you there are fewer and fewer horses around Hawklaw, they say, since so many have been disappearing from the fields up in, in up by Westrock. They say it's goblins, he says excitedly. But who knows? Inquire about a horse. The stable hunt informs you that there are no horses for sale right now. We do get one once in a while, though, he says. So you stop buying a bit, maybe something will have come up. Explore the stables. You make a quick examination of scale and discovering nothing, and discovering nothing that merits any interest. You're about to abandon your search when suddenly your eye catches sight of a wooden hatchway set into the floor at the back of one of the empty stores. It's half buried in a pile of straw. Not straw. Looks as if it's been recently opened. Investigate the hatch. As you make your way over to the hatch, the young stable hand rushes over and puts itself between you and a goal. He holds his rusty pitchfork in front of him in a defensive manner. As if... As if... As if he... As if... As, as he attempts to buy your progress. Can't let you near there, mister, he says firmly. But trying to keep everyone out. As the boy walks down below the hatch, just brush him aside, attack the boy. Alright. I'm, I'm going to ask first. Nothing, nothing there, matter. Nothing. There's nothing down there, he says a bit flustered. Now please, mister, just be on with your business. And let's forget all about it, alright? 
brush him aside. No, uh, attack him. No, not going to attack him. Or I expect he's only doing his duty. Oh, forget about the hatch. I'm going to forget about this hatch. And I can, I can go back there later if I want. But that, I'll, I'll leave that there. There is, if you do investigate the hat, something does turn up. But here, now, visit the church. The small church is plainly decorated. A wooden podium stands at one end of the only room, while two rows of wooden pews take up the west of the place. Pews. The pews appear to be little more than rough-hewn rough wooden slabs laid across blocks of oak. The hat set into the into the floor at the back of the church presumably offers access to to the cellar. The rector of the church, a man named Tippin, is hard at work repairing various things. It doesn't immediately notice you enter. Suddenly, he looks up, rises to his feet, and brushes himself off. Greets you warmly. May the All Father guide you on his path, he says, smart. Smiling. I'm going to talk to him. Tibbin tells you that he's been become worried about a group of travellers he's been expecting for the last couple of days. They left town on us over a week ago. They should have arrived here, here by now. There would have been a whole wagon full of them. Eight, maybe ten, not quite sure. Men, women and children. Tibbing explains that the people he's speaking of were to travel through Hawklaw on a pilgrimage south to the distant city of Trier. I was to make the journey with them, he says solemnly. I cannot help but feel partially at fault for what may have befallen them on the road. These are dangerous times indeed. Tibbing's face suddenly lights up. He looks over you with a critical eye. Perhaps you and I are up? Yes. Perhaps we should go look for them. There's nothing that I can offer you. Set the knowledge you will be doing the All Father's will. What say you? I say her. Huh? I say yes indeed. Tibbet smiles as you set you ex, you accept set the invitation and join him on a hunt for the missing man. May the All Father bless, bless you, Zoop, he beams. His guidance is all I require, but it sure would be a blessing to have your help in this matter. I do I do hope that I have not already acted too late. Tippin takes you over to a large wooden chest at the back of the church. He flicks back the lid, revealing a wide assortment of items. Take, take and keep whatever you need, Zoop, he says. You're somewhat surprised when Tippin drags a short sword and a dagger from his belt. Hangs a short sword and dagger from his belt. You look through the items in the chest and note the following pieces. Oh, I'm going to pick up a lantern. Pick up some rope. You never know. Uh, Alright. Alright. No, no, no. That's it. That's it. Not, not, but not very many good things in that pile. I think it improves what I've already got. When you're ready, Tibbing needs you out of the, you out of the church, and you begin your search for the missing wagon. For nearly the entire day, you wander the countryside outside Hawklaw, searching the searching the roads for any sign of the missing wagon and its passengers. Tibbin never seems to tire of the search, despite the fact that after several hours of searching, you've turned up no leads. 
Alas, as the late afternoon is rapidly turning dust, you find what you've been looking for. On the forest road about three, on a forest road about three miles outside the village, you come off, you come upon an abandoned wagon at the base of a steep wooded slope. A team of horses that would have pulled it are nowhere to be seen. As you step closer, you detect signs of a violent struggle. The side of the wagon is splattered with blood in several places, and a broken wooden club lies near one of the wheels. Suddenly, Tibbing cries out and rushes to the rear of the wagon. Stepping around the back of the wagon, you find the rector stooped down, cradling the bloodied head of, bloodied head of a young man. The man's breathing is shallow and ragged. Thank the old father you're here. He gasped, his face betraying the pain, pain that speaking caused me. Difficult for the old man to talk, but he tells you that Tibbin, you and Tibbin, that their wagon was attacked by two large grazing humans not more than an hour ago. The massive creature swooped down on, down off the hillside and launched a brutal attack. He tells you that he was knocked senseless by one of the hogging brutes when he tried to defend the others with a wooden club. Still, Sully remembers to be scrambling up, up the other passages and carrying them off, off, off into the hills, presumably alive. Learn that apart from the map from this man, there were eight other passengers on the wagon: two men, three women, two girls, and a boy. He tells you that the two horses that pulled the wagon broke, broke three and fled when the two beasts appeared. Based on on his description of Phineas, you and Tibbin both agree that he can only be talking about one thing. Ogus. Oh my. Tibbin sets up sets about binding the young man's wound as best he can. Once finished, you hope he lift the wounded into the back the wagon where he should be relatively safe. You know the ogres there can't be far from here. So do you and Tebbin step back into the forest in search of the other passengers? It didn't take long for your for your search to pay off. Less than half an hour after leaving the road, you saw the ogres there at the bare base of the steep hillside. Two young ogres, each larger than a man, the man stand, stand outside the dark mouth of a cave. A large fire is roaring not far from where they stand, and a large iron spit has been erected over the blaze. You know all too well the ogres plan on eating their prisoners. You, you, you only hope they are still alive. You can so tip him. He gives you a nervous nod. You sense that his resolve may strong, but he's looking to you for guidance in the situation. Two plans spring to mind. You can attack the two ogres here and now, though you're not certain that they are more inside the cave or around the hour. Or you could lead, lead the two ogres away from the cave, making it possible for the others to investigate the whereabouts and status of, of the wagon passages. So I'll attack the ogres... Or I suggest one of you lead the two ogres away. Let's attack. Attack. Tibbing agrees with the plan, though you sense he is sceptical of his own effectiveness in combat. May Sithak protect us, he says, as he quietly draws his short sword and makes ready to follow your lead. You are impressed by his unwavering resolve, and you are now more determined than ever to put an end to these foul, brutal creatures. Leading away, you emerge from the forest and charge the two, two ogres, with Tibbin following closely in your wake. The large humor is going to supplies and pick up pick up heavy wooden clubs as they prepare to meet your attack. 
You will be fighting both ogres with the hope of Tibbin. Begin the combat. Do I subdue them or do I kill them? I am with a man of the cloth, so I should probably hold back on the on the murders. But they are man eaters. No, well, too late now. I, I picked subdued. They. Yeah, the ogres spin with the short with their clubs. The last ogre topples over and lands on the ground next to the other. He has been knocked senseless, but he's still alive. Tibbin musters a quick player and slap. And slaps you Saudi on the back. The old father has smiled upon us today, he beams. He has shown us both victory and the power of mercy. Well done, Zoop. Without further ado, you make for the mouth of the cave. Using great caution, you both enter the cave. Tibbin lights a lantern that he has brought, and when the darkness of the cave's interior is chased away, you find the eight passages, all in relative good shape, bound and gagged, seated against the wall. You and, T- you and Tibbin set about, set about cutting them free. When you're done, Tibbin leads them all outside. Well, make a quick search of the cave. It's standard adventure protocol. Tibbin leaves his land to burn on Thorin's cave, and you make a quick search of the lair for anything that might be of interest. In one corner you discover, discover a heap of rotting animal skins, under which, to your surprise, you find a large iron chest. Not sure heavy to list, but you quickly determine it is not locked. We will open this chest. The chest contains the following things you may take if you wish to. Got 97 gold, nice. Chain gloves. A tattered map and a chain coif, which is a piece of armor which should protect your head well enough, which provides one SP. It's 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 poor poor armor, poor armor. It's no better. It's no better than what I already have. When finished, you leave the ogres there, but I will be able to sell it. Out the side of the cave, you and Tibbler are thanked endlessly the people you've rescued from the clutches of the ogres. Happy to learn that each and every person, apart from, apart from minor cuts and bruises, all accounted for and in good shape, considering their ordeal. The former prisoners all shudder as they look at the large fire and spit, erect, spit erected over it. It was that spit that nearly became their fate. You and Tibbler kicked dirt and fire to his out before leading the people back it, back to their wagon. Upon returning to the wagon, everyone was surprised to find that one of the horses had returned. After several minutes of searching, the seven horses also wounded up nearby. He helped he hitch the two horses, then brought the wagon with Tibbin and the others. The young man that you and Tibbin found wounded when... The young man that you and Tibbin found wounded when he first arrived is in great spirits and thanks both of you you for rescuing us. Truly heroic, he says, smiling at both of you. It was the Allfather's will, smiled Tibbin in return. When all is set, one of the pa- one of the passengers takes the reins and the wagon rolls towards Hawklaw. When you arrive at Talk, Tibbin again thanks you for your help and tells you you will now be leaving the others as they continue their pilgrimage to Zir. He bid them all a farewell.
this. This place called Dip Mills Tavern. At the end of a winding forest tail, by the edge of a sprawling bog, a few miles outside Portgloss, it's small cabin of a locally renowned retired adventurer and hermit, Durthrow. In spite of his oft-professed aversion to society and all its conventional trappings, the elderly recluse is usually friendly to those who make the trek to his humble abode. According to anyone old enough to remember, Dithra was once an adventurer. Those various exploits are remembered in a number of tales. As you approach the tavern, Dithra, seated in a broad back wooden chair just, just before the front door, greets you with a wave and smile. What's brought you out this way? he asked, so starving. Nice to see the younger folks still know how to find their way about. You can converse with Diffle on a variety of topics and so what he has to say about a particular top subject. Select the corresponding option below. You know what? I'm not. I'm not going to click those. At length, you politely bid Jothal farewell and set off on the track battle hot law. Yosi Hormick tells you to stop by for a visit sometimes. Take care of yourself, friend, he calls after you. Give my regard to the village, if you will. Alright, let's see. And back at Ifwin's shop again, I get told I can go to his cottage and get some nice... Get some improved gear. Definitely something to consider. And very much recommended because... Approach a raggedy peddler working around the village square. As you approach the peddler, he looks up and spars. Fairly obvious that the expression is forced. Then he mumbles a greeting and quickly clasps his gaze about the village square. When his eyes return to you, he steps close and speaks in a low but clear voice. He's like, Don't strike me to be, be, be much like the rest of me, he says. Where well, he's are about an attempt to convey that he's speaking about the village at large. I know just a bit about a bit, he fire. And I was something that should be of interest to you. Well, you're interested? Tell him you're interested. Only a fool wouldn't be, so he's telling you, I've no desire to set up my wares here. So there, buy a thicket, yes, that will do. At the edge, ed, edge of the thicket, just out of sight of the lane that runs from the, edge, from the stables of Hawkwood's main program, the pedestal allows a grand collection of enchanted plumes. He tells you the plumes, which are large silver flavours of attackable, have been enchanted with powerful magic. Someone like you ought to, ought to know a proper use for one of these. Mind them. They only ever sell you one of them. So make the choice with care, friend. Have a look. Alright, the, these are items that I can't get yet because they cost adventurer tokens. Set a firm price for each of them. But you can see my way of cutting a price should. should uh, I'm not, not going to purchase them. Just, just going to leave them. I'll be in a while longer should you change your mind. He says his voice training way in order to magic. Mind though, I won't be here forever. All I can do is stomach this. So all I can do to stomach this space, for even a short stretch. You bid him farewell and make your way back towards the village centre. Approach a man who seems to be watching you. Oh, that's in, it's in bold and it's in red. So it's important. As you approach the man, he bows deeply. 
briefly doffing his red plume cap before setting it back atop his tangled nest of greying hair. He appears to study you closely for several hours before telling you something he's certain you'll be interested in. It's, a, it's something special I've had for many years. I only show it to you if you're interested, of course, but well, are you interested? The man glances in both directions along the street before once again setting his intense gaze on you. Tell him you're interested. The man nods and promptly produces a leather sack, which he draws a magnificent longsword. The flawless blade of the sword is surrounded by a faint blue aura. The three Edmonds Edmonds are setting the swords on eight hilt, which is carved to resemble the clawed foot of some unknown beast. I've been told this is the Sword of Souls, he says, holding out the weapon to allow you a closer look. You don't see many like this, though. I don't suppose I have to tell you that. All I can tell you is that I've received it as payment for services renders, but it's of little use to me. I'm not any sort of adventure. He's not the sort that could make proper use of such a grand sword. I can have a closer look. Melee rating, 15. Plus 1 might, plus 2 spirit. This is the legendary Sword of Souls, a weapon whose origin, although, is, although a mystery, is almost certainly otherworldly. The ornate hilt of this grand sword, into which are set three sparkling edmords, is carved to resemble the clawed foot of some unknown beast. Faint blue aura seems to have been perpetually surrounded its flawless gleaming blade. This is a this weapon is this is a weapon truly worthy of the hands of a master adventurer. This weapon is of magical quality. Before you can acquire, the man tells you he will sell you the sword for one hundred gold. I might as well be giving away at that price, he says. Well, as I said, it's of no use to me. I'm afraid if I keep it any longer, it'll wind up lost or stolen. It should be quite a shame. What have you to say? Well, I'm definitely paying 100, 100 gold for that sword. It's much better than, mo- than, a, than any sword you're going to find for a long time. The man accepts your gold and promptly hands you the sword. The instant you take possession of the enchanted blade, a surge of energy passes through your body, leaving its wake a lingering sense of exhilaration. And now I've got that sword. I can equip that sword. 47 MR rating now. There. It's in the proper hands, though, he says. That blade wasn't meant to be hung on a wall or tucked into some box or bag. Bag. Put it to good use, my friend. I know you will. The man once again tips his cap and bids you farewell. Meets you in his shoulder cross, cross and wishes you luck on your adventures. With that, the stranger turns and strides off, eventually passing out of sight towards the end of the street. Yep, well, there we are. I've got a much better sword. For super cheap. Cheap as well. Let's probably get that money back just by selling a couple of the things that I've, I've been given recently. Now... And that's uh, that's that's pretty much all the small adventures.
adventures you can do in 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 Hawklaw. Of course, there's the official adventures. There's there's two of those, and that's just the start. And I I could look at that hatch. Maybe I'll do that later. But that that's that's enough wandering around Hawklaw for now. So and. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.